everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Time Show. That's right, Matt and Nick are back this week, even though Matt, the person that is me, is still on vacation, but I was like, hey, it's a little rainy today, we're at the beach, it's cloudy, it's cold, let me see if my buddy Nick can talk some Star Wars, just in case the weather turns tomorrow on the usual Star Wars Time Show day, uh, and we can get back out there and do a little surfing in 60 degree Atlantic Ocean uh, temperatures, buddy, but uh, it's, good, it's good to talk to you again. I mean, I'm, I'm glad you held down the uh, the Falcon cockpit last week by yourself to deliver episode 162, um, but I'm here, probably going to fuck shit up, probably going to make things longer than they need to be, but, you know, we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, there's not a whole lot happening in Star Wars, Star Wars world now, but we have Bad Batch. We still have some rumors out there. We have some potential Andor, more Andor set picks. That's kind of getting tiring, like the Andor shit. Yeah, like I mean, everything is out there now. We were even before we went live or whatever the hell we're doing right now. This, by the way, people, we're uh, the past two weeks, we've had different types of well schedules and delivery of the show. Again, like I said, when we opened, I've I've been on vacation for two weeks. Um, took the one week off doing it now, but we should be back on the live streams by June 1st in the next show. Uh, I might be by myself because Nick's going to take a little break, but after that, by mid-June, we'll be back to waste your time on Tuesday afternoons on YouTube, <laughs> Star Wars Time Show. Uh, yes, but like indeed. Nick said, we, we, we got some Bad Batch to talk about. That's still rolling around on Disney+. Plus. Episode 4 dropped this what past Friday. Uh, it was titled cornered all right we've uh this is the first episode nick we we really didn't have a title or anything before it dropped yeah uh, i did see on reddit that i think it leaked a bit early but i, I wasn't paying attention to that it, it has been nice to as hard as it's been but it has been nice to kind of just disconnect from you know social media the internet in general while i've been on vacation but i did see that uh, the title leaked we didn't care. We didn't check it out, but we did watch Cornered. So we're going to do what we usually do when a new episode of the Star Wars anything comes out. And we're going to break it down because we understand that not all of you are as enlightened as we are when it comes to this galaxy. Right, Nick? That's true. That's true. We are special beings here. We, we have the force. Sometimes the, the, the regular people out there don't really understand it. I mean, just look at all of these speculative misses we've made, but we've also we've also hit on a few. So yeah, you never yeah. know what you're going to get on the Star Wars Time Show. We're kind of doing it classic style here, just doing a offline recording. It, it feels weird, man. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm sitting here. I'm used to uh, performing in front of a camera like a like a circus monkey. Um, I'm, I'm trying to bring the same level of passion, but it, it, it's difficult sitting in here in a condo room, uh, not seeing people in the chat, but Hey, we'll, we'll get there. We, we, we got the bad batch. So what'd you think, man? I mean, the way we usually break these down, we we'll give our opinion of the episode, uh, overall, mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the eggs and some of the key moments that you should be focused on. But what, what did you think of S1 E4 corner? Was it? <laughs> enjoyable i know you just had a fresh uh, screening so you're doing yeah, slacking yeah. so it should be fresh on the brain yeah i uh i typically don't watch the episodes until the day we do the show so i don't like lose anything or i don't <laughs> you know i don't have to i don't have to like go through the memory banks during the show and be like what did i like I, it's always fresh so 
Um, this one, I, I was a fan. I know that some people thought that episode three was a bit of a downswing. Like, you know, you got calls of of filler and stuff like that already going in the show. But episode four, I thought I thought pick things up because you, you add in Fennec and that brings in the, the whole uh, the whole storyline of like now they're being chased. It, it kind of has a Mando feel to it now, like Mando S1, where like they're constantly oh, yeah. being yeah. chased by bounty hunters. The kid is the is the quarry, not the the main characters. So like, correct. You know, the, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. So so you have a very similar feel to Mando S1 now that Fennec's in here, and I assume that once we expand a little bit further into that, when we get to you know E5, E6, and continuing on through the season, we'll probably get to see a little bit of Palpatine or a little bit of you know. The, the higher imperial structure that's out there trying to get this girl back, whoever hired Fennec. Um, so I, I, I like that that was brought in. I like that we had, uh, like, it seems like the, the now the norm, because we've seen it in both, both episode three and episode four, is that like, hey, it's, it's going to be Hunter and Omega off on their own. And then the other the other boys are just yeah. going to be kind of doing their own thing. Th- that so. does seem to be the template. And it. And it- it also seems like, you know, I, I didn't get to talk to you about episode three. That was, to me, I think the, the general uh, take from that episode was, whoa, Crosshair's buddy. Yeah. Like, like he, he's he's definitely uh, drinking the Kool-Aid, but he also had that very re- re- um, reflective moment in the old Bad Batch uh, bunker, as we'll call it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, we're, we're not going to rehash that one. I... I, I We've discussed this on the show before. There is no such thing as Star Wars filler. Uh, that's just for people that, you know, have cement-filled heads, I guess. I don't know. Uh, it, you need the world to be built out. You need structure to be put in, and, and we need to learn these things. So I, I enjoyed episode three, but on to four, my general take. I'm right there with Nick, Nick Buddy because I love how they brought in Fennec. Uh, you know, we, we have a little bit of, of history on her now, I guess, future mm-hmm. history, if you will, and a little bit of her backstory. We learned that through Din that, you know, she was an assassin, an imperial assassin at that, and clearly quite skilled. Din respected her. Uh, that bozo that was hunting her respected her. Uh, but now we're, we're, we're getting a, a, a deeper dive into the character of Fennec, her skill sets, the way she likes to operate. Uh, we got to see her ship. I mean, I love how they introduced her with that, you know, that scumbag Soliston calling her up. And she was just yeah. kind of sitting in space, you know, Boba Fett chilling in the Slave One style, just waiting for a call to come in a lead. Um, I loved how she approached the situation, right, with Omega. She kind of played that friend motherly role, like, hey, I'm I'm here to help you. Uh, which, which to me is a very interesting take when, when you consider that she is a female assassin slash bounty hunter and how she decided to approach her quarry uh, versus, say, in Din or IG-11, who in the Mando walk up to that stronghold and just start fucking shooting yeah. the place to bits. They just blast it all down. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a more it is a more intelligent take you know a more intelligent approach to it she I guess had her say. i mean she had her like they were friends dude they were they were friends they were stealing fruit together and, and talking about it's okay to sometimes do shady shit yep um but yeah and then you know hunter showed up and fucked it all up so 
I love this early look at Fennec. I love how they established her as uh, competent, if not more technically skilled than the Bad Batch. Yeah. Uh, she she took on two members who each have their own unique enhancements and held her own, if not uh, defeated them. I mean, Hunter, we have to give him the, the chase scene win because he ultimately got away, but... She kicked Wrecker's like, ass just by using her brains, and yeah. and she really, you know, if it wasn't for Hunter having that bomb that he was trying to sell, it's funny how they came back to that. I like that. Yeah, you know, see, I Nick, I, I watch Star Wars cartoons even as if I was studying them like a like a case study for film school, <laughs> and, and they did. Like, I mean, if you think about it, the the bomb was brought up two or three times. It was like, hey, bombs, mm-hmm. don't get rid of bombs. We have to get rid of bombs to make money. And then yep. in the end, him having the bomb, which he couldn't sell, is what actually led to him getting away. So yeah, um, I was right there with you, man. I, I, I thought they brought Fennec in perfectly. Uh, she's, she's set up to be a great foil to the Bad Batch and an antagonist that is you know kind of going to be riding their ass for a period of time. And um, I, I, we'll get into it in the key moments, but I, I definitely have my thoughts who has hired her after uh, some conversations that took place, I believe, in episode three on Camino. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I was a I was a fan of the episode. I think that that at this moment, like now that that the Bad Batch is kind of separated out and there's no big battles happening. The one thing that I can that I can say is I think that that Wrecker is more of a liability than an actual like boon to the squad. Right. Because like you said, he just like he's he's literally in his element when he's about to have this fight with with Fennec. And you see just how stupid he is. Like, oh, yeah. He, he I mean, can't even like have a hand to hand battle no. with this with this bounty hunter. Because she's just like, whatever, I'm just going to like, you're going to run at me. I'm going to move and I'm going to smash your head against the wall. Right. I mean, like, you could see her. She she looked at him and she's like, big target. Saw him running, looked at the steel pipe or whatever. And, and she already had her plan of attack as yeah. he was like, oh, you know. So, yeah. Because I, I still mean, love like a- the guy. Um, <laughs> and as a lot of people, again, I, I, I'm starting to, at this point, I don't even think our super fans watch my content because you know, days down the road in our discord, they're like, Hey, I wonder why people aren't paying more attention to record talking about his head hurting right where the chip is at. And I'm like, well, your boy, Matt took care of that. in the <laughs> motherfucking breakdown people, come on. Of course, something's going to happen with the chip in Wrecker's head. Just like Nick yeah. said, you're a hundred percent right. He's either going to snap and try to, you know, take out Omega or, or, or get them fucked. Uh, or if they run into a Jedi or Force user or something wonky could go down. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think Wrecker, my man, I mean, I love him. He's like a big, you know, he's like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, right? He, yeah, uh, he's just a big goon. Like he's the, But he has a heart. Like, you know, we yeah. saw he had a heart. Like, again, I didn't get to talk about it, so I still have some of these thoughts. But in episode three, another beautiful full circle narrative in that episode where at the beginning, Wrecker was so eager to take Omega's rations and hunter's like dude she doesn't even have a room and you, you're yeah. gonna take her food already but by the end after hunter and omega get back what, what did wrecker had done he yeah. built, built her a, a place so mm-hmm. uh, i love the guy but i'm with you man i think he he is definitely their biggest liability at this point in time yeah for sure all right, dude. So let's let's get into some of the eggs here. Uh, it was it was kind of egg light. Uh, we did get some good ones though. Uh, I got to pull up my list because these I, I forget. I, I did look up 
Edaflor, Idaflor, the first planet they talked about, but there was nothing established. And this is one of those deals, Nick, where I wish where I wish I wasn't on vacation uh, <laughs> because we could have cashed in on some primo SEO with that name because there was nothing when I searched it at 5:30 a.m. last Friday. Yeah, um, I mean, it but, still doesn't look like there's <laughs> like if I search Idaflor on Google, uh, there's one star wars thing that comes up so it's weird man i mean just from someone that covers star wars like a freak and probably shouldn't just based on viewership and whatnot but i i have noticed that the bad batch stuff is as much as we love it and and some of our fans do and other you know other star wars fans we we see on our social media it does not seem to be um taking the general star wars public by storm uh, yeah. my, my last Easter egg vid, I don't know if it was released too late because I did it early and then I went for a walk because I'm on vacation and I still can't <laughs> shake myself of this sickness, this OCD with Matt's got to get his thoughts out about the next great Star Wars episode. Uh, but it, it, views have dropped even below like 100 and it's like, OK, well, yeah. is this is this us again? Is this just the Star Wars time show curse? And I really do need to wake up and smell the fucking blue milk. Or is the Bad Batch just not quite grabbing on to like what what a casual, almost non-Star Wars fan, which, which were captured by Mando, but maybe not so by Bad Batch? No, I just don't think that it is. Like, it's not as popular. I think that the people now who are into Star Wars via Disney Plus are, are way more interested in live action TV than they yeah. are in animated TV. I mean... You had the the immense success of the Clone Wars season seven. And I think that that's kind of what Disney was banking on as the hope of like, oh, well, the, the excitement for this is going to roll over into the Bad Batch. But you also have to remember that like Clone Wars season seven is something that like legacy fans, I will call them, have have always wanted. They always wanted a proper ending. And, and if you're not a fan of 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 disney star wars then i think that you just had a bad taste in your mouth about bad batch anyway yeah i mean i saw shit out there that people were saying that you know oh the bad batch is just a replacement for for the fucking uh the republic commando game that had the like that that special troop of clones in it and stuff so there were people who were already upset about this before it even came out just from their time in season seven so i i wouldn't doubt that this is another show that's like got a Got a bit of a, a, a lower yeah, well, following. I mean, these, of all these the people are doing, they're, they're dissing our man Dave because I mean, this is the, the genesis, a cre- another creation of one Dave Filoni. So yeah, um, it, like we're we're going to talk about kind of a fun story down the road here in this episode about Mister Filoni. Uh, but but you know some of the same people. And I'm with you. They're probably like Filoni is Star Wars Jesus, or you know the son. You know you've got George. The force and Dave Filoni, like the, the father, son, <laughs> yeah. and the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. But but they'll also be the same people like, oh, fuck bad, bad, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, I mean, if this man thinks it's important to create and put out, then you probably should take note. Yeah. There's no way that you're going to get George Lucas back. I know that for some people out there, that's the ultimate dream that George Lucas needs to come back to Star Wars and, and, and fix everything. But but if is Filoni are... not his conduit now? Like, you've got to imagine these two still jive, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, but, like, you have to, you also have to, like, 
people like us know who Dave Filoni is. Like nobody. Right. Yeah, like, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, like Dave Filoni is like. That's like us calling out the fucking producer of a Marvel movie. Like people also don't know who Kevin Feige is. Like right. if you're a general fan, you're like, I know George Lucas because he created Star Wars and that's it. Like you, you, they don't know who Filoni is. They're like, who's that? That's the guy's name that I see in the credits sometime. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, so- you're right. And and maybe kids are, are, are you know, the, a generation that maybe started with Clone Wars. Maybe they have more of appreciation for it. But I mean, again, this, this man was handpicked by the maker handpicked like a weird interview dave didn't even think he got it because they just sat there and like nerded out on star wars and and that was it yeah and i think i think dave was like doing some bit work on spongebob at their or nickelodeon shows at that point in time um but hey l- look what's happened and, and like i said we got a little uh, a funny story on on his career path at lucasfilm coming up anyways back to the eggs here nick <clears throat> We were, you know, uh, it almost plays perfectly into the first egg, which was the the fact that they were like, "Hey, we're going to Pantora." Yep. Um, and at first, I was like, "Huh, I'll look it up." I, you know, I, I take my note and I put a question mark next to it because I, I mean, I might might be a Star Wars dork, but I really don't have Pantora archived in the gray matter. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's like you don't keep that one. No, like back. I'm not that big of a douche. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, when I'm watching this, I, I literally have my little digital notepad, my Apple notes, and I'll, I'll write these down with question marks. And I, I went and looked it up. I'm like, well, you know, fucking A, I know where this place is. This is where George's character from uh, Revenge of the Sith, Chairman Papanoida, and his daughter, I believe Amanda Lucas, Chiikwe, uh, that's their planet. And they actually, so not only are Pantorans featured for the first time, in Revenge of the Sith, but they also got at least an episode or two in the early seasons of the Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a, a direct reference Easter egg, whatever you want to want to call it. I mean, it, it should have been a dead giveaway when you started seeing some of the local citizens the blue, with that yeah that blue voice. skin and the 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 like facial markings they use. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, the dude Raspar Six, or I don't know if that, like I said, is that his code name or the, essentially the guy that rats out the Bad Batch? Uh, he's a, a ninyum looking dude, a Soliston. Yeah, Soliston. So, there you Indeed. go. This was an easy one. Fennec. I mean, a reference, yeah. future reference. I mean, she was established in live action and now uh, making a debut in animation, which is kind of the reverse of of Bo Katan uh, yeah. and and Ahsoka, which is kind of fun. I mean, look, I mean, this is what Filoni and Favreau are doing now. I mean, that's why yeah. shows like this are important, whether you may not agree with the direction that the Clone Wars era should have went in or the or the early years of the Empire. I mean, all this shit is synergizing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that people need to realize that this is like what's happening now with the live action Disney Plus and the animated Disney Plus like shows and then also probably uh in the movies coming up as well like they're they're building like an mcu style universe it's not gonna be like you're not gonna see star wars the same way that you've seen it in the past where you watch three movies and then those are connected and then you know that's it you know like then you can just say like okay well i saw the new trilogy so i'm caught up like now you need to you really do need to watch everything to kind of have this holistic view of of how they're building the world now like you said not only because of the interconnectedness between each series, but also because of the characters that they're using in each series and how one of them, you know, plays into the other, how Fennec is now intro- like reintroduced 
in her younger form through Bad Batch, but we know that she eventually comes back around and helps Din in the in the Mandalorian. Right. right. Like it's it's a different way. It's a different you know, it's a different way to watch Star Wars, and I think that's why people are kind of slacking on it because you're so used to that that literal three act structure. You're like, okay, watch the first movie, watch the second movie, watch the third movie, bingo bango, I'm done, check out. Right. And then, you know, now you're in this completely different world that is a lot more like a like a and, Marvel I MCU. Mean, and these can stand alone, just like the mm-hmm. MCU movies. Everyone essentially stands alone outside of Infinity War and Endgame. You kind of you kind of need to you need those too. to to book in those. But um, it's so much better when you watch it all. Right. I mean, yeah. how excellent and and the MCU Feige they they deserve credit for this and hopefully he has lent some of that knowledge to Filoni and Kennedy and whatnot at Lucasfilm because I mean really what they did over there is just it, it, it's masterful uh, because it, it it does allow it allows a bunch of random properties to be developed but it then brought together in this uh, massive ensemble badass piece of of cinema art whatever you want to call it so. I'm with you. I think Star Wars, they're, they're, they're slowly trying to get into that game, into the world building through various types of properties, yeah. as is evident by, uh, you know, all the all the names they dropped in December, right? Uh, our, our Star Wars Day, Nick. We'll always yeah. stick to that. I mean, everyone <laughs> everyone else does May the 4th because it's cute and it's Hallmark. You and I dubbed whatever the hell that event was in November, December, where Kennedy was up there like, and you get a show, and you get a show, and you get a show, and this one, and that one, and this one, and movies. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all good stuff. I mean, it, it's still a good time to be a Star Wars fan. I'm not going to say it's a good time to be alive, but it is a good time <laughs> to be a Star Wars fan. All right, so moving on with our eggs. And, and by the way, people, if you have actually are still listening at this point in time, I'm going to apologize right now. I have no clue what my mic is going to sound like. It should sound great. Same mic I use when I'm in the studio. Uh, but when I did my video last week, I mean, it sounded like a like a popcorn maker. It was like... Oh, wow. So if this has been miserable, and I'll find out when we're done recording, I, uh, I apologize. And hopefully we'll be back to normal next week. Yeah. And any of the stuff we're talking about, we'll, we'll try to visualize it for you. But you can always find the content on StarWarsTime.net. Just look up the post. Right now we're checking out the Bad Batch S1E4 breakdown post so you can kind of follow along if you need the visuals since we're not live streaming. Um, but yeah. anyways, um, so they're on this planet. They, 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 you get this guy. We meet Fennec. It might not be Lothal, Nick, but we had some uh, eggs here, if you will. We had some Loth cats hanging on Pantora. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. not, I mean, that, that's, that's a clear felony type of deal L- loath cats seem to just have spread throughout the galaxy yeah now. they're, they're like, like a those. plague i mean they're, they're, yeah, they're like they're, some of these uh invasive in, invasive species that, exactly. that show up around around the world i mean yeah somebody yeah. brought a pair of them on their starship when they left lothal and then they they just fucking propagated <laughs> it across the galaxy yeah. it's probably the fucking bridger clan it's, it's yeah. probably uh, ezra's mom ezra's. and dad yeah um, all right, Nick, the, the next egg, and I actually, when I, in the video, I address this. I'm like, this could be the greatest egg slash reference I've seen in a while. And, and it's the one where Omega's kind of in the, in the market, in the shop, and they have these clone dolls, which are nearly identical to Jin's Stormtrooper doll from Rogue One. Yes. Uh, so I, I love that parallel. I loved how the doll 
you know, it's they probably were bought as like these hero toys, and now you know it's what's going on in the galaxy with the clones. It's like, oh Jesus! I mean, mm-hmm. you got kids playing with these things. They're essentially going to be henchmen moving yeah. forward and and trans morphing into the stormtroopers. But I I don't know for some reason. I just really loved the placement of this, and it was such a clear nod, in my opinion, to uh, Rogue One and Jin's Stormtrooper yeah. doll. I like how they keep doing this with Omega with the dolls, whether it be like this one in this episode or the previous episodes where she's got that Tanuki doll. Like, yes, we, like you can see moments of her like in episode one when we're talking about her saving the Bad Batch in episode three where she saves Hunter's life and then also gets the... Uh, the part back for the ship all on her own. Like they're setting her up. Like you see these moments, you know, like, oh, she's like a mature person. She can take care of herself. But like with these moments, yes. it, it shows the childishness. Yeah, like it's she, not she like a, she's. She has a naivete, as they would say. Still. Yeah. I mean, again, she grew up in a lab, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in, the, in the middle of an ocean. Uh, remember her dirt antics uh, a few episodes ago. So she is, she is very. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of street smarts, or you could say, a lot of galaxy smarts. Yeah, yet. very trusting of anybody. It seems. Of course. To. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, we 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 just talked about the Fennec thing. I mean, she's like, oh, hey, yeah, sure, great, sounds good. Yeah, let's. I'll, I'll hang out with you. All yeah. right. So this the, the this next one bugged me, and you and I should have figured this one out uh, because we're like one of the only Star Wars fans that also like Star Wars Resistance. Resistance, yeah. <laughs> At least of the in the adult age group. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I know it's it's mostly kids. <laughs> Nick, for the life of me, when she's following this beast, I'm like, I know I've seen this fucking thing before, but I can't remember, and I couldn't remember even as I was laying down the video. And yeah. then it finally hit me. I was like, you know what? That was the fucking pet on Star Wars Resistance. So I had yeah. to look it up. And indeed it was. It was Mr. Buggles. So Mr. Buggles is Mr. a Vor- yeah. It's a Vorpak. So that's what those those little animals were that she kind of got led off the, the path with. Okay. Vorpak. Um, I knew because like I saw him. I was like, oh, that's the dog thing. And like yeah. I knew I had seen it before, but like I'm not good at remembering names anyway. <laughs> so I, there was no way that I was going to fucking pull that out. But I was no, like, oh, I, I had that like th- this one took some fucking like, again, people would be like, this guy needs help. You know, I mean, he should, <laughs> like, he should do something with his life. But this is the shit he's doing on a, on a vacation. But I was actually once I figured out I, I knew to search resistance pet. That got me to Buggles, and once I found Buggles, I went to his Wikipedia, and it finally identified his species. So <laughs> that's the type of stupid shit I do. But hey, I know how to use the internet, unlike most humans. Yeah. Um. Next one, I mean, it, you know, Protocol Droids. You always got to call him out, and and this one acts just as stuffy and as entitled as C three PO, which I love. Yeah. Uh. So I always like getting his his class also, droid out there. Like. On that one quickly too, like the the restraining volts thing eventually comes up towards the end oh, yeah, when Echo yeah, yeah. pops those off. He's like, "Don't worry, I'm." That's why I'm the whatever he said. That's why I'm like the uh, the the leader here. And he pops off everybody's restraining volt, and then they all run away. So I thought that was a good callback yeah. too to to a new hope. I actually, I mean, not that I would do funny moments. I mean, I used to kind of in the top moments, but I I loved Echo getting traded yeah. off. <laughs> As a droid, the way he acted towards the other droids, the way he kind of w- would pump up the protocol droid's head, like, no, no, don't worry. Once I'm done, you can be the leader again. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that was fun. I mean, Echo is really, 
I mean, while he's not an enhanced clone, uh, because of his past as as the ARC Trooper, as one of the first named clones, I mean, obviously has a lot of history with the series and fans. But I just I love the character he's become through his his mechanical transformation and spending time with essentially a bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah, like he he was you know he was one of the original name clones, but he still did have you know, that that very strict protocol programming yeah. and everything like that inside of him. So seeing him loosen up in ways <laughs> when he gets around, like, you, I mean, mostly around like the, the real nuttier ones, you know, like Wrecker and Tech and, you know, Hunter to a, a lesser degree, because he's he's still kind of like, you know, straightforward, like get the job done. Like he's as much like a regular clone. You're uh, right. Like Hunter is, I mean, he's got like almost mutant powers, but everything else seems normal. Like tech, you can tell he, he's one of those people. He's so smart that they're not normal. Yeah. Right? Like if Wrecker, they wanted to, Wrecker, to like exaggerate, he's a yeah. dope. Yeah. If they wanted to exaggerate tech's feature, they would just give him a big ass head because it's like, Oh yeah. His brain grew double the size it was supposed yeah, to. I mean, that's they, why he's they, so smart. They almost did. He's always wearing some form of glasses and he's got like that nerdy receding hairline look. So yeah. I mean like that, that smart guy professor look, but Hunter, you're right. I mean, he, you wouldn't know he's wonky outside of the fact that literally I'm, I'm going with that camo is permanent. Like that's part of that's his what, enhancement. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is like, it, it seems like now if that was going to come off, it probably should have, but the, right. the fact that the camo on his face is still there, I think you may be right. Like, Maybe it's just it, it was a part of his particular build exactly. to help him stay. Or, and, or like fucking Jesse, he just got it tattooed permanently on his face. Yeah, you know, I mean, true. clones clones were known to do some weird shit to make themselves stand out. Very true. Um, all right. Back to the, the eggs and reference. And we get the, the, the last one here before we get into key moments. Uh, but Nick, you, you couldn't tell me when you watched that chase scene, you weren't getting echoes of the chase on, uh, from Attack of the Clones between Zam, it, Anakin and uh, Obi. 100%. In fact, like I because we're sitting here and we're under the like the impression that at some point in this show, Omega is going to show force powers. That's just kind of like in, in the back of our head. And yeah, when I, I was every, watching this, everyone's waiting for it, I think. Yeah. Like when I was watching it and she was hanging from the tower and I was like, OK, so this is when she's going to do the Anakin thing where like she falls and like she's like she figures out she can guide herself somehow and then <laughs> land. It's like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, when is she going to do her force thing? When is she going to do her force thing? But yeah, it did have uh, vibes of that episode two. AOTC well, they even used, uh, they didn't use the same chase music, but they used a lot of the same the speeder music, like yeah. Zam's speeder sound was was heavily used throughout that. And mm-hmm. it, it really, I mean, I know we weren't on, on Coruscant, but Pantora, its little traffic lanes also had that feel. There was falls, like Nick said. Uh, so, I, I mean, I got some, some big time AOTC callbacks to this one. Sans, you know, lightsaber uh, lessons and really shitty Jedi mullets that uh, <laughs> our boy old Ben Kenobi was sporting there. Yeah, yeah. All right, dude. So on to some of the, the, the key moments, we, we've covered a few of these, so we don't have to spend a ton of time. But Nick, Nick called this out from the get go when we were just kind of breaking down the episode. Uh, but I, I wanted to make it clear, too, that. Fennec is is definitely 100% hunting Omega and Omega only, where mm-hmm. I don't know what you felt, Nick, but at the end of episode three, when I think it was Nala Se and Lama Su were kind of doing their shady shit, like 
yeah, we need one more chance to make a super duper clone, but uh, the the Django Fett material is decaying. It's basically bullshit. Uh, yep. We only have one source of pure whatever genealogy left. And they look down at the Bad Batch table. I'm like, okay, well, they just need one of the Bad Batches. But I think it's it's pretty clear now through the the understanding that Fennec has been hired to hunt Omega that they were talking about Omega and she's got the special sauce that they need to make whatever uh, kind of their, did you take it as like their last ditch uh, attempt to make a super soldier for the empire to yeah. kind of keep that from contract that, going? Yeah. From that conversation at the end of episode three, it, it's definitely like either we make a, we make something that we haven't given them before or they're going to kill us. <laughs> like that, that's kind of the yeah, ultimatum right. that the Camino ones are under right now. Uh, because you know that the the, the Empire's not just going to walk away. They're not just going to be like, okay, well, we're done with cloning, so see you guys later. Like, they're not going to yeah, leave like, them. They're going to fucking it, it, nuke the whole place. Right. I mean, think about it. What, what the Kaminoans could do. I mean, they raised an army of millions with the whole galaxy not even knowing except for two people. Yeah. Right? Sifo, Dias, and Sidious, who still is like George sitting there one day going, you know... Basically. I named Palpatine Sidious. Watch this shit. I'm going to call this guy that really means nothing Sifo-Dyas. Yeah, I'm just going to put an F in about there. That. Bing. Yeah. Old like, new we, name. He probably, like, he, he probably rolls into me like, <laughs> what do you guys think about that? And they're all like, looking at each other like, is he serious? Is this a fucking they're joke? Like, yeah, and, George, it's fucking great. Good job, yeah, man. And yeah, I can't. <laughs> they realize it's not a joke. Then they're like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Oh, wow, I'm glad you figured it out because that was really stressing us out. Yeah, uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think the Kaminoans know what's up, or the Kaminoans know what's up, uh, and we do know, at least by the Remnant Empire, which means probably through the the main uh, years of the Galactic Empire, that they had access to Kamino uh, scientists on Kamino that didn't look like Kaminoans. Yeah, exactly. They were humans. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if it was like... I mean, they just had like human interns in the back that you never yeah, get to see. Yeah, so... Mando. I'm pretty sure even... I mean, we know their their little attempt is ultimately going to fail because the Empire does move forward with the... What was that? Project... War mantle, war yeah, war mantle, and uh, a conscription of elite soldiers from around the galaxy. Right, and they don't, and they don't use clones anymore. And like, like yeah. Nick pointed out, and we've seen in the Bad Batch, we've seen in Attack of the Clones, there's no fucking humanoids on Camino, at least nope. up up through what we've seen. So pretty pretty sure they're gonna take those facilities over for themselves. Um, but it it was nice to get it kind of clean and cut that. Fennec is solely after Omega, which just, you know, beefs Omega's credit even more, puts even more credence behind the, the uh, speculations that she is, isn't just an enhanced clone like the Bad Batch, but tweaked even further, probably with the Force. Yes. Okay. Um, I, uh, I, I wanted to mention this because I thought it was a, a, a very, it contrasted the, the Seleucami episode perfectly. But didn't you feel like the the Pantorans were overly jubilant yeah. uh, by the by the occupation of the new empire? Where on Seleucami, it felt like people were trying to get the fuck out of there. Uh, they they didn't seem as welcoming as as Pantorans were. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, I don't know if if different systems started getting the the broadcast of this at different times because you would imagine 
when that chain code thing went out, like if it was a galaxy wide, like hollow net transmission, then everybody would got it at the same time. Yeah. So now that we're on Pantora and like they're reacting to this, like it's new information and they're like, fucking yeah, empire, free credits. Yeah. Uh, Give us our money. <laughs> yeah. Like, so did they like get the, or like the messages going out at different times? Cause you would figure that maybe they had seen this already, but yeah, like just in general, their reception was way and, you more know welcoming. This is, this is my two cents on it. Like if you looked at this episode and kind of took in the, the cityscape of Pantora, it, it's a very well to do planet. Probably. Yeah. Uh, probably has a lot of money, some influence in the galaxy. And you would think that type of planet it probably is more in line with imperial rule than the planets like a Seleucami, a Tatooine, those in the Outer Rim territories, where it is a little more Wild West, but maybe some of these inner planets or more developed planets are probably more welcoming to what's being sold to them as, as peace and security. Uh, but but we know it ultimately is just uh, an occupational force that is going to rule with an iron thumb. Yeah, I think that that the richer people in the galaxy probably know that they're safe and they're like, oh, not only do right. we get, you know, not only do we get all of our credits, you know, now transferred into these Imperial credits, like they have a feeling like maybe, you know, it, it, we can have a little bit more influence here. Money will mean a little bit more to the Imperials than it exactly. did to the uh, the senators right. and the Galactic it, it's, it's, it's Again, it's it's a mirror of real life because, I mean, yeah. let's whether you like politics or not, I mean, those that. We're liking the 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 uh, kind of the the great leader thing we tried for four years here. Are probably more well-to-do humans, yeah. who are more concerned with a lot of the bullshit that 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 side of the political spectrum tries to sell to people, even though it's it's really not true. But you, you, you get my point. Typically, people that are more comfortable, well-to-do, maybe even ha- have the proper color skin, are, are usually more accepting of. Um, being told what to do as long as they're safe. You know what I mean? So, and we're getting that in Star Wars as well. Uh, yeah. We talked about this early, so we don't have to riff on it, but I, I just, I love the way Fennec's skills were just kind of set up right from the get-go. I mean, she, she knows how to bounty hunt. She knows how to fight. She knows how to chase scene. She knows how to shoot. So, um, I mean, we knew she was a good shot coming into this, but now we know she is the full package as Hunter attested to, he's like, listen, you know, this this person is well trained and highly skilled. So it was yeah. nice. It was nice to kind of get to see it. And, and I love that it seems that she is going to kind of be the main antagonist for now. And last but not least, and this is a stupid one and, and Nick probably didn't even pick up on it, but I absolutely loved the personality of Clink the droid. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't pick up on. He it. was all right. So going back to our droid friends, like I said, I mean that was the humor side of this episode. Echo and the droids they kind of gave us the the laughs. But there was there was two astromechs and then Clink and Clink Nick is like he's one of those old school sci fi robots that they just jam a person into. Yeah, you know. So he had like those rubbery like slinky looking arms and legs. <laughs> and he just like he had the best personality when Echo took over. Like he's always like, me, 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 me. Yeah, I'll do whatever you want, new boss. And they're like, okay, old boss is back. And he, you know, just the way he walked. I mean, I, I just I loved this droid. Star Wars always has a lot of great droids, and they're typically the ones that can't talk. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm putting Clink up there now with with the BB-8s, the choppers, the R2s. Do um, you think 
like speaking of, of of droids like this is one of the first ever series so far where where you don't really have a droid companion to your humans do you think that they're ever going to pick one up or is it just well here's yeah. here's kind of my my take on that it, i the hunt or wreckers gonk droid i believe is their droid but okay. because it's a gonk all it ever does is all you ever hear it doing is gonk gonk, gonk. yeah but it's been featured at least in the past two episodes. So, yeah. I mean, it, it seems to be a part of their family. He uses it to curl. Omega was using it to, to rest on in, in episode three, I believe. And I think it was even doing something in this last episode. So I, I think that's kind of my out on that. But you are correct. Uh, you almost always have a, a some form of Like a of useful droid, droid companion, right. <laughs> to, for lack of a better term. But yeah, that, that kind of does, like, even though it doesn't throw me off, like it doesn't send this you know like any episodes into a tizzy because you don't have a droid it is noticeable like if you have tracked previous star wars right. animated well, i mean i guess before. mando technically never had either i mean we, we had the character yeah. of ig11 but he was kind of his own character he he sort of became a companion after kuil reprogrammed him yeah uh but but he's not i mean he's a murder bot so yeah i mean mando really hasn't had that yet but he could i mean he obviously had a change of heart with bots thanks mm -hmm. to ig11 i mean we knew he he kind of had some ptsd due to the clone wars yeah uh, but I, I think he has a uh, an affinity for droids now much more so than he did season one so who knows maybe maybe to replace grogu he'll have <laughs> he'll have an astromech uh, in his new ship, right? Because we don't, yeah. we don't know. I would what like the, what... to see, yeah, I would like to see him with a droid, like even something. I know, like the the Astromex, the the protocol droids are like you. We're used to seeing those, but I would really love to see for especially for Mando, something like Cal had in in um like in a Jedi like Fallen a Swiss Order. Army, like a like a parrot bot, but is also highly useful. You know, at, yeah, at, at stuff Mando would probably be doing. Exactly. I feel like somebody like him would be able to use a BD-1 a little bit better than, you know, a, a character like Luke Skywalker would or something like that. But yeah, I, th I think it would be fun to have like a, a like a smaller, not like this huge clunky droid companion like we usually see, but like a like a useful one like like Cal had or like uh, what what an Iden Verzio had in, in Battlefront 2. So yeah, uh, no, yeah I, just, I could dig that for Din, especially one like Aiden had, because I mean, that thing literally would just float and stick on her backpack. I mean, that, that yep. seemed like a very Mando-esque type of droid. I know the Inquisitors used uh, similar type of droids. Uh, yeah, so, so I could okay. get down with that. So hey, there you go, people. That's our that's our Bad Batch S1 E4 cornered breakdown analysis, whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> Hopefully you got a little more out of the episode now that our, us two uh, geniuses have provided a, a deeper, more enlightened take for you. Yes, for sure. Uh, moving on, uh, we, we teased this earlier, the whole Day, Dave Filoni thing. Uh, th this popped up midweek. I don't know if, like, Lucasfilm updated its website or something. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. Like, they finally um, updated the masthead. <laughs> or right, but uh, apparently this happened last year. So the, the, the whole hubbub was, uh, just this week, Star Wars fans found out that Dave Filoni is now the executive creative director of Lucasfilm. And as yes. Nick wrote up in our article, I mean, th th this happened last summer. Uh, but it's Filoni, it's Lucasfilm. It was never really made public, nor do I think Filoni would, would want it to be. I mean, I'm sure he's laughing at this now. Like, what the hell? Like, how's this popping up now? I've been doing this for a year, almost a year straight. 
but hey, I mean, I guess it's for those that didn't know, it's it's good to know that he truly is in a uh, what do they call it, a, a, a C-suite yeah. type of of um, uh, role at this point in time. Yeah, executive leadership. So, I mean, the big call out here is that the promotion, whether it happened last week or whether it happened last year, happened after all Star Wars movies that were on the slate were finished. So that means that now moving forward, if this if the scope of this role is as big as it seems, executive creative director would lead you to believe you're not just talking about TV here. You're talking about everything. It, it means that moving forward, any movie projects that are being built, worked on, written, whatever, would fall under the purview of Dave Filoni, yeah. which yeah. was not the case during the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I, I, I think I think this is one of their big course corrections to that. I mean, to me, this role reads as I'm the fucking story group. Yeah. It's okay. like, Pablo, thanks for writing all those visual guides, but yeah. uh, step aside. For Have fun with your books and, you know, calling yourself a story group and we'll keep you. It's great. We love you guys, but... You, you run the shit by me now, and I'll tell you if it's fucking stupid or not. Like, that idea of, like, oh, hey, let's, let's hire three wildly different filmmakers and have them not only direct the sequel trilogy, but each write their own treatment. Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, you can have three directors, but I will, I will be the <laughs> yes. guiding force of the writing of this. Let me just uh, put that out there. So, so I, yeah, I, I think I it's love a good it. move. I mean, Dave, he's a he's a Pittsburgh boy like myself. I, I mean, not that I know the man personally, but hey, he's from my hometown. He still loves the the Penguins and I'm sure other uh, Pittsburgh area sports. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we love him for more than just that nonsense. I mean, look, look what this man has helped to create with George himself and then also created on his own with with new talented artists once uh, the, the sale took place. So. Good for Dave. It's a year, you know, it's a, it's a year late, but Dave, we speak your name and we honor you as the new ECD of Lucasfilm. Yes. Congratulations on the promotion. Hopefully that means that all Star Wars content moving forward falls under your hands, your, your wonderful and talented vision for the Star straight, Wars franchise. Dude, so. Like I said, I mean... Who knows what all f falls under that that title of executive creative director? But that that's basically I I I sign off on any story moves, and any major canon additions need to go by my desk. Yeah, yeah. I I hope that's how it goes. But we'll see. We'll see moving forward. I mean, we know that we have the uh, Patty Jenkins movie that's that's in the works right now, Rogue Squadron. We know that Tyke is working on a movie as well that has no title yet. So hopefully Dave has been uh, having some long conversations with these creators about their upcoming film project. But we'll see. We'll see how well, that goes. <laughs> it sounds like he may not be talking with a certain group of creators in our in our next story here. And not anymore, it seems. Yeah, I don't yeah. even know if it's, it's a rumor, but I, I still think this is one of these deals where the, the, the shitty Star Wars sites, the shitty Star Wars cast, they take something little. Literally, it was in parentheses in a Variety.com article. Yeah. And, and mishmash the, the words to make it seem like it's something bigger to, you know, clickbait, pull in the whole Gina Carano nonsense again. But essentially this past week, I think in an interview with, with Filoni or some people, Bad Batch, I don't know, but it, 
it, it was a very tiny little parenthetical <laughs> reference to Rangers of the New Republic not being an active development. All right. So yeah. that does not mean it's been canceled, that, you know, they fucked it up and they need Gina back. It just means that they announced 10 projects last December. All 10 probably aren't being actively worked on right now. Yeah. Like uh, that, that's kind of how I read it as well. You know, is that there's, I think there were a lot of people, like you said, were running with it's canceled. It's not happening. Yes. That's that's not what not an active development means. I mean, it could, it could definitely lead there. And yeah, I mean, we'd be fools to say maybe it's not actively being developed like concept art now because of the Gina thing. And we all think that she probably was going to be the lead. Yeah. Uh, But not being an active development doesn't mean they had to cancel it because of all that, that crap or, you know, I'm sure the KK pitchforks pitchforks were out. I I mean, I've been kind of off the grid, but I I can only assume what, what the goofball fandom did with this one. Yeah. You have to figure like right now, like there's a lot of things that aren't an active development that were fucking announced. I mean, right now. Uh, Mando season three is probably not in active development because of everything that's coming up before it. Like Book of Boba Fett is coming up before Mando season three. Yeah, so, I like, think last we heard on on uh, Mando, and I don't even know if this is last, but that Favreau was or Favreau Filoni were they they're writing it, thinking about it, but they're probably I mean they're shooting Book of Boba right now, so uh, I I would argue Mando probably isn't as inactive development as yeah. rangers yeah uh but don't don't take that shit as like especially the the, the nudnik sites and these goofball sites the zeros all these false prophets out there false ragers uh it, it typically if they if that shit starts popping up on those sites you, you just just don't worry about it yeah and, and, and read I, the goddamn source for yourself it's not that hard it's 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 one of these things where, like, there is a way forward for Rangers. Like, did it hit a, a speed bump? Yeah, of course it did. Because, you know, there there was the assumption it was. I don't believe it was in the announcement uh, of the show. But it was assumed that Cara Dune was going to play a major role in that series. So now that she's that she's out, then you just need to rework stuff. And, like, I'm sure that given the, you know, the amount of characters that you now have to work with in that timeline and the, the open ability to create new characters and and everything like that then you're, you're gonna be totally fine with with rangers yeah and i even if saw, they choose to move forward with it i even saw some people like you know just just enough already bring in Iden verzio get get javanka or whatever her name is and, and let's do it yeah get janine because she's doing janina is doing the filming for borderlands movie right now she's okay. in yeah so she's she's out there with uh randy pitchford the guy who runs gearbox and i know it's being filmed in a different country but she's doing that but that would be a perfect character to bring in for this she falls perfectly into this timeline we know that she's still around long like even into like into the the beginnings of the sequel trilogy so she's she is a character that's ripe for the picking and janina would be more than happy i would imagine and and clearly a a main player in the new republic i mean yeah yeah very much so she was at the right there. I mean, turned as mm-hmm. an, an Inferno squadron lieutenant or captain turned and went to the New Republic. I mean, yeah, right after the fall of the Empire, like uh, Operation Cinder, all that jazz. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 it fits well. And But all we're here to say, you know, again, it's it's like we are the enlightened ones. We can see past <laughs> the clickbait or just take the five extra seconds to click on the Variety article from whatever goofball clicky title site you were reading. Because that's what I did. I mean, this showed up in our Discord. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let me check it out. And and the the site that was shared, I think it was like Jedi News, and they're like, blah. Yeah, I saw that. And it's all like, over. Man. Blah blue blah. It's like what? And you go if you actually read Variety, like I said, it was in parentheses. Currently not in active development. Yeah, the okay. cur- like when I read it the first time, I didn't even like I read the whole article. Right, and it, it was about the, the article was about fucking Filoni's promotion. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, I didn't even see it. I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't see it. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it was such a footnote, but it didn't even require an entire sentence. Like like anything on the internet or social media these days, if if you can add any bit of, you know, fake controversy or or mystery to something or or do a lot of what about this or what about this or I think this, even though it's not factual, that's what people want. So, I mean, it's like... All right, you can you can figure a lot of this stuff out yourself if you just put forth the effort. Yeah. All right, I can tell. Uh, you know, this definitely is going to be your your usual length of of show, and and my little one is is getting a little rowdy here. So yeah. So let's. Uh, uh, we got yeah, one well, more topic to cover. Right. Yeah. And then, then we we do have kind of a half-assed fan segment this week. We're treating it like you all treat the fan question of the week. We're we're doing it very <laughs> half-assed. Didn't really put any effort into it. There isn't even a question of the week because only three people reply now, so who really cares? And like I said, I'm still on vacation. Don't have all the tools around me, so screw it. But we, we talked about this earlier. Not going to spend a ton of time. But Andor, it's like all they do, Nick, is pick sets in nature that are easily accessible by lots of humans Um, yeah no they do it's like they they can literally just they're like let's just build shit in the middle of this field where everybody can see it or let's film on the side of a road where everybody can see it (laughs) yeah so i mean there's stuff out there i mean we don't even have it on our site at this point in time uh we we're you can go to best bin bullet on instagram guess i'll give them a credit since they they pumped us one time they they gave us one there's one set i was talking to nick it looks like some sort of landing craft you could argue that it's early u-wing the way that Mm -hmm. the the side hatch drops out uh they've also i mean i guess that there's like a jungle crazy jungle set now it kind of looks literally like from jumanji 2 where robin williams character hold up all those years and they found nick jonas or whatever but yeah it's like yeah whatever i mean yeah it's 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 a very early stuff like they're they're clearly still building whatever they're building i think matt may have hit it on the head with it being the u-wing um because we know that that you know that's cassian ship in in rogue one but other than that it's like it's literally like a construction part in the middle of a dam like yeah, that's what it is like i don't know you're at I mean, the crew chan dam is where go. they are right now so you and you, you scottish people i'm sure you can pronounce it properly yeah. i will say that like i i was never the one that got into the leaks i know that we we only started playing with leaks in terms of the content that they put out when the tross script like in totality yeah, I'll, I'll never do that again I, i'm fine looking at like set picks and shit but never again am i reading plot synopsis yeah. fuck that. yeah <laughs> and so that like, was the worst like, 
I'm, I'm kind of starting to get like a little tired of seeing all these set picks because even though it's not giving up anything, it's just like, you, you know, like I want things to be left to the imagination. Like even this here, like if the U wing is in it, you could like we could have potentially had a situation to where, you know, Cassian doesn't have his ship yet. And then you, you get to see the reveal and you go, oh, yeah. this is how we get to ship. And, you right. know, like, like the it's, rebels it's, save him or some. Sh- yeah, like he's like not it's, officially it to... a rebel yet. And they save him and, or, or this jungle base is. Yeah. You know, and so it starts to shit. get it starts to get a little a little bit into a realm where I'm like, man, I, I kind of want to leave a few things to imagination, because like you said, with with Andor, it seems like they're just fuck it. They're like, we're just going to film where in anywhere <laughs> anybody can see everything like it doesn't fucking matter. Um, so I, I feel like at this clip, like, you know, we had uh, some good leaks from a source when they were filming at Clevelies. And now you're even getting shit from a brand new location. So it seems like the, the fucking entirety of yeah. of Andor may leak before anybody even gets to see it. Like, at least at least it's locations and, and what some of yeah. the sets will look like. So I, I'm a, I mean, if something interesting pops up, I'm sure we're going to talk about it. If there, if there's yeah. stuff to speculate on. But at this point in time, if they're just random set shots, we may just say, hey, random set shots. Next yeah. topic. Check it out. Go look <sighs> at them. But uh, yeah, there's there's not there's not too much. I think you nailed the U-wing. I think the the one close-up shot says MK9 comms bunker. Yeah. So I don't know if that's any sort of like you know hint to what the it's, what the location. It's the bunker may be. used in Mortal Kombat Nine. on yeah. One of the levels. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's where you have to unlock. Yeah. There is. Uh, I mean, just it, like Nick said, at this point, if, if you want to see stuff for Andor, just just go to the Reddit or just type in Andor set leaks on google yeah, you're, you're and there's a plenty. thousand pictures for you to see <laughs> all right man well, let's uh let's kind of move into the fan segment but before we do that i'd like to tell you that support for the star wars Times show is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. That's right, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. So imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. I'm one of the first people, Nick was the first, now I'm the second, to try the new 4.0, and I really am blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and details on the 4.0 are next level. Nick, I finally got the busted out down here at okay. the beach. Not only did I use it on my armpits, you know, I, nice. I know the, 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 the lawnmower is, is designed for your family jewels, but I was like, hey, I got hair all over my body, let's see how this ceramic blade works. Nice, clean, smooth shave of the pits. And then sure enough, I took it downstairs and gave those balls a nice trim to make them polished so they do not hold sand in my suit while I'm here at the beach. Hey, man, so, that's a perfect time to do it. Yeah, so I've, I've definitely uh, been digging my lawnmower 4.0 because Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. 
I now feel confident shaving my boys. I definitely do. This upgraded trimmer includes a multifunction on-off switch that can engage a travel lock, which I used, Nick, to bring it to the beach. Nice. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave in those crevices. The Lawnmower 4.0 even allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. Did I mention wireless charging? The new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Men, if you've been shaving with the same nut trimmer on your face, you've been doing it wrong. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth, Nick and I included. So it's time to get your own ball hair and body trimmer with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice smooth boys. So, get 20% off, that's 20% off, plus free shipping worldwide with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. Your balls, myself, and Nick will thank you. So, don't forget, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code SWTS you will unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. That's right. All right. I might need to do some Manscaping after that because it seems the sun's coming out. Might have to get out of this condo that I've been in yeah. all day. Hit the but before beach we do again. that, we're going to do a, a kind of a, a different type of top five because it's not even been posted yet. It's uh, brand new. That's right. And, and I got to do it this time. Yeah, uh, Matt picked th- out the top five. Th- this kind of makes up for me fucking up the Matt top one for like the past five times. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. So, so this is all individual Matt top ones that we're going to go through. Right, and we will a- we will have a post out. So if you are yes. listening, you you should be able to follow along. Because I know, I mean, my buddy Perfected Chaos, he's like, hey man, where's the visuals at? I was like, eh, sorry, we, we're not doing a live stream for two weeks. He's like, you guys are talking about pictures and I can't see shit. And I, I understand. I know. That, that was old school. Like, that's how we used to know, do a pre-live stream, though. Like, all the all the newer fans, and we love every one of you, but you, yeah. That's why we give you, good, you've been spoiled. good descriptors. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like we, that's, how we, that's how we perfect our art form of, of our, or our oratory abilities. Yeah. All right, so uh, we will have this out on StarWarsTime.net at some point in time, as well as on yes. Instagram. Nick usually gets it out Monday, which is today, and it, yes. we're probably going to release the cast, we'll see, maybe Tuesday this week. Yeah, maybe uh, But if you're listening early. to it, it doesn't really fucking matter, because that means it's already out. Uh, right now, Nick and I are just doing a show for two. Uh, but here we go. So, Nick, I, I, I went through, I mean, I usually line these up. It actually gives me something to do down at the beach this week. I thought it'd be a pain in the ass, but... I don't know about you people. I love sitting at the beach all day, but sometimes it gets bored, especially if you don't have games to play or the water is 60 degrees. Uh, so yeah, I've still been doing my, my 12 shares. So if you are new to this segment, the fan segment, the iconic SWTS fan segment, which kind of canceled the fan question of the week this week, but we'll get back to it. But anyways, to get involved in the, uh, the vaunted top five Star Wars fan arts features of the week, you need to follow us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. And if you do like Star Wars art or you produce Star Wars art or just Star Wars anything, tag us in your shots at Star Wars Time Show. And also use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show in anything Star Wars art form related. Tattoos, 
uh, I say it all the time, but it, you know, it could be really far out stuff like some sort of, of, of defecation sculpture. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it has star Wars to it. We want to check it out and maybe we'll feature it on our Instagram. And if you're lucky enough, when it's a normal week, Nick will pick his five favorite posts from the week that were shared on Instagram to discuss. Uh, so I got to do that this week, which is fun because I kind of know what I'm looking at since I, I, I kind of have the, I'm the gatekeeper as they call me. Um, <laughs> but Nick, up first, I mean, this is one of our favorite Star Wars artists out there. Um, a, a guy, I think we'd let him tattoo his art on any part of our body, including our faces. Yes. And that is none other than Daz Tibbles with just, as I called, a gem of a piece featuring Lady Bo-Katan. Uh, you've got the Night Owl symbol kind of as her backdrop, but she is posed like a badass bitch just mowing yeah. down motherfuckers, both pistols drawn, like pop, 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 pop. It's just such a powerful uh, portrayal of the character. It, you know, you get that she's a, 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 a badass female behind this armor. And, you know, anything Daz Tibbles, at Daz Tibbles puts out is, to me, is always just Star Wars art gold. Yeah, top notch, really, from everything that he does. And, and the one, one comment that we got on this image was, this is weirdly hot. And yeah, I mean, it is. I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I didn't want to get too graphic because people already, well, they know I'm the, the loose cannon, the kind of the guy that's a little <laughs> off kilter on this show. I mean, we, we talked about that a few weeks back, our... The one time we got on Reddit, someone's like, you know, I really want to like the Star Wars time show if it weren't for the, the loud ass crazy main dude. That's me. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I kind of want to like have sex with this picture. It is. It's like a, he like you said, he <laughs> makes it very clear that this is not, oh. you know, this isn't uh what's what's his name? Uh, Axe Woves underneath this right. suit. This is definitely Bo-Katan. Yeah, she, she's kind of doing it. like a like a powerful catwalk walk, but yeah, as has her her pistols out guns a blazing so exactly like it's not it's not a typical uh breakout into a run like you would see in a normal battle scene like matt said it is more of a like a catwalk style walk that's going on here and he brings he brings out all of the features of an incredible warrior but then also make sure right. that people know who are looking at this that this is an incredible yes. female warrior yes. so it, it reminds me as a a heterosexual male of why i appreciate the female form so much yeah so uh, i've had a lot of tipples. reminders this week being at the beach some of them <laughs> the, made yeah. me feel like a creep but it's like jesus i know i'm definitely uh still hetero when you know i'm at, I'm at the beach or looking at art like this but uh, yeah beautiful art of bo katan from at daz tibbles on instagram i think he's also at daz tibbles on twitter just a pimp. I mean, I, I even like, do you notice how like he, he illustrated it kind of like a comic book, like that dot coloring? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a typical like his style is very noticeable. That's Tibbles. Like you can pick it out. He has like a, a like a very unique kind of feel. Yeah, he to seems his to piece, be able to kind of yeah. drift in between art forms or, or shading styles, illustration styles. And again, we're, we're idiots. We call people like Daz real ass painters. Uh, that clues you into our uh, intelligence and knowledge on fine art here. Yeah. But. Apparently, this was just a warm up piece for Daz. Yeah. That's what he says in his in his post. He's like, "Oh yeah, just oh, a warm up, up piece, piece for Bo." You gotta be kidding me! Like, and I'm not like no disrespect to to Star Wars comic book artists right now. They're actually getting paid by uh, uh, Marvel, but that to me is a better Star Wars 
comic book style art cover than I've seen in this past year of of, of buying Star Wars comics again. Yeah, so I mean, just, um, Daz is just a, a Mac Daddy. So. Yeah, he, he it's insane how good he is. But as I've been doing with all the artists out here, Daz does have a short uh, store, a shop that you can uh, buy his prints off of if you so choose to. Go to his Instagram. It's not linked, but it's on there. So if you copy the imprint.com um, URL and paste it into your your browser, you can pop it up. And there's he has a ton of different things on here. He's got yeah. canvas prints. He's got framed prints. He's Hook got acrylic prints. So um, go out there, support these artists with your dollars. So I'll give you the the latest update on how my uh, my my support is going for the community. So I bought a Sir Dork piece that I was really excited for. It was, it was one that I was really excited for. It came in and this is the unfortunate circumstance that I'm in now, but I will likely just repurchase one from Jared. Uh, so if you, if you hear this, Jared, do not send me another one because of this unfortunate happenstance. So it gets delivered and the but delivery person it puts it, it in like my backyard. So like, you know, we have our yard and it's actually like the way that you would drive up to my house. My garage is on the street and then the entrance to my backyard is right there, too. So usually people will just drive, like put it in our backyard. It's it's fenced in, but it's you know, there's no cover to it. So the person drops it off and then later in the day it rains and I'm not home. <laughs> so and, and it's a beautiful piece by Jared. And, and, and let me guess, it probably it probably doesn't rain a lot down there, does it? I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, we hadn't had rain in a, in a bit. So, like, you know, we were looking at the Dude, forecast. And you we're just like, okay. suck at getting Star Wars shit delivered Dude, to you. Period. I, I don't understand. So, like, I... And it comes, like, Jared put in in a, in a like, an art tube and stuff like that. So, I get home. I'm like, fuck, man. And I, like, I go out there. I'm like, maybe it's and underneath it's like, the table. It's like paper mache at that point. Like, it's just a mash of pulp. It's, so it's not like the whole thing is not ruined <laughs> only like the bot like and here's the thing is like jared did such a like he's it's signed and that's like so the <laughs> bottom of the picture where he signed it is where it got wet like you can still see it and i'm letting it dry to see if it's even like salvageable <laughs> which i think most of it is but it just it it hurts just, me that like that piece i'm just laughing like i i just, whenever nick tells these stories i try to recreate them in my head and i see him just coming home just going like don't like Homer, like fuck, dude. God it's just, damn it again, another. I was hoping. Delivery. <laughs> I was hoping. I was like, I was like, maybe they put it underneath the table because we have a table out there. I was like, maybe it's underneath the table, maybe it's underneath a chair. That's <laughs> out, but it wasn't. It was just out there in the fucking rain. So I feel, I feel really Boy. bad about that. So I, I'm, I'm gonna go and 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 get another piece from Jared, and hopefully this time it's not fucking rained on because the delivery person. <sighs> Oh, left well. it out in our backyard in the rain so that that's unfortunate well, well, this, but, this next yeah. artist we're about to honor again as we've done multiple times on the show and i'm talking about at super scoundrel have you gotten uh, your buy from him yet i i do so i have my shirt from super scoundrel it All has right. arrived so the next time we are on a live yeah, stream where that. i am yeah. present i i will be sporting the right. super scoundrel yeah shirt. but we are we're checking out one of his latest creations and it's a it's a nod it's timely you know, he, he's a timely type of artist, unlike how I used to be with my toy photography, and I'd get a toy and let it sit for a year before I took a picture. Super Scoundrel, he gets right on it. So, at Super underscore Scoundrel just dropped an Echo piece, and he's a vector artist, and it is just so slick looking. Uh, I think it's, 
it reminds me of why I think, you know, we just talked about it. I'm really loving Echo in this form. I love the way he looks. I love his helmet and how it, it, it fits on his Lobot thing. Um, I loved his, we were talking about the, his robot makeup, like that, that helmet yeah. attachment. I mean, shit, I, I don't think I pre-ordered the Echo Hot Toys yet, but I'm, I'm hoping they make the protocol droid Echo just based on that. But back to at Super Scoundrels art here. I don't know, man. He's just, it's like, I want to lick it. Like I want to lick my screen right now. That's, that's the best way I can describe the excellence of the shot. It's just, it's. It's 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 a beautiful but chaotic. Uh, yeah. The the colors are perfect. The the rendering of of Echo is perfect. That that uh, flare in his visor. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's it's at super underscore scoundrel. I mean, that's just what we've come to expect. Yeah. No. It's it's again like his. He takes vector art to a to a place that. I was unaware it could even go like yeah catches... I mean it doesn't even look vector because one of my other favorite vector artists is a guy named uh, at Maxi Funk he actually hit us up and I, I've shared I shared he did a like a time lapse stormtrooper helmet piece okay yeah but his to me is what I would consider more traditional vector art where you, where you kind of have those sharp lines and angles at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know the, the the subject itself still looks pretty fleshed out but you can almost see for the lack of a better uh, descriptive word the vectors that are created <laughs> and then you know they get painted in but on on super scoundrel it's it's like the dude's digitally painting like you know just just it's like he he has a special brush called awesome star wars art and when he selects it <laughs> he just drags it down a white canvas and it makes something like this uh echo piece yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's next level. And then obviously, Devin goes above and beyond just the the initial drawing. He adds in cool background atmosphere. He adds in cool right. post effects like this bokeh that you got going across the subject. So he, he doesn't just stop at the at the piece itself. He adds in extra elements to really oh, amplify. Yeah, yeah they, 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 his his work's definitely getting a little more uh, dynamic in terms of the, 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 the shit going on. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, when he started, he was more subject focused. But now, you know, like Nick said, adding in the, the flares, the atmosphere, the particle effects. Uh, we love him. He has a wrench when we're on the, the, the live stream. So hopefully he listens to the audio only. I guess we should test him out. Yeah, if you know, listen right? to we'll the see. audio only, Devin, the code word is Yavin 4. Oh, Yavin cool. four. We'll we'll test them to see. Or or Justin is Justin listening. The code word is Yavin four. So you, <laughs> we have we have games with our fans to test their loyalty, especially yeah. these two. <laughs> I know, it's like right? a, it's they like should. a new thing, right? We we were talking about when SW Props is on. They they think it's funny when we talk shit about their fandom <laughs> when they're not <laughs> not in a live stream. So we're testing them again. We'll see if they got the code word of Yavin four. Uh, either D- DM us or, or tag us in a story if you listen, all right? If you got it. So, But anyways, <laughs> we're just fucking with them. Make sure to follow at super underscore scoundrel on Instagram. Just a pimp. Definitely. Uh, and another pimp. And this guy, Nick, I, I don't know if you saw this shot. But this guy, the, the Coral Pulse, so T-H-E-C-O-R-R-E-L-L-P-U-L-S-E. I know we featured his work before. But uh, to me... And being someone that used to be in the toy photography and did it a lot, I mean, I, I haven't done shit in weeks, haven't posted in feels like a month. 
But I feel like Coral Pulse has like hit a new level of excellence. And in the shot we're looking at here, it's kind of a it's like a close up, right, Nick? But it's a shot of uh, Vader is is in the in the back, but he's the main focus. And in front of him, you see a decapitated Boba Fett, uh, a yep. freshly decapitated Boba Fett. And I just I love everything about this this shot. And I think it was actually kind of an end to a a series of shots that the Coral Pulse has done. Uh, they seem to be doing more action centric, like straight up there. He's got some awesome Bo-Katan, like doing a, a, a spin kick shots. Yeah. Uh, but it, it just has a, an awesome action feel to it. Plus it's, it's Boba getting whacked, like Bozo Fett getting whacked. And then it's my man doing it. So that's why I love this one. Yeah, no, the Carl Pulse definitely has become one of my favorites over, over time. And I think this was one that, that you initially introduced to me through one of the first top ones that you ever had when uh, during the fan segment. And then I've just been, you know, catching his work on the feed and, and, and seeing him week over week with your shares. And and really, he has become like one of my uh, one of my. Yeah, favorites. it just seems like probably, you know, may, maybe learn more of the digital side and, and how to composite and do more Photoshop stuff. But I mean, this is just a, a dynamic ass shot. I mean, the shot itself is great. It's nice and clean. It's crisp. The focus is strong on Vader, but I love how the, the camera's angled to start. Like, you know, I mean that, that thing's on a hardcore tilt. I mean, just yeah. look, look at the background. I mean, the walls are, are, are going diagonal. Yeah. Like uh, but that, <laughs> then to get that, just the, the head pop and a great lightsaber effect, probably an even better decapitated lightsaber head slash. I mean, that, that's what that's what Django should have looked like when, when Mace took him out, just like that. So remember, if you're just listening to audio, make sure to pull up this post in particular <laughs> during this segment so you can see the shots. Uh, but at the Coral Pulse is, is definitely a badass follow. Uh, yes yeah, for sure especially these days has always been one of my favorites but these days just uh, next level type type of work all right uh so my next pick is is someone we've talked about plenty of times before in the top five one of my personal favorite artists and that is at visual underscore approach underscore photography and the shot we're looking at here my friend is of the new asajj ventures black series figure who has just a separated a clone trooper from his legs. Yeah. Uh, basically his whole lower <laughs> torso is now not connected to his upper torso. Yeah. She she gave him the Darth Maul treatment. Yeah. Like, here you go, bud. But but so hardcore <laughs> that the top half of the trooper basically popped up over her head and is yeah. is is flying away as the lower half of the trooper is falling to the ground, but yeah. I mean, just <laughs> I, I mean, I love how visual approach sets these up. I mean, always gets great action oriented poses. Uh, but then with the the effects like that, like look at the the inside of the clone is really just a perfectly cauterized clone yeah. stump. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the detail that he put into just that just gives you an idea of the work that visual yeah. approach puts into his photography, because you could totally just ignore that almost like do very little to it to make it say oh yeah like you got cut in half whatever like he went in and he put like oh, very yeah. it's glowing like, detailed I mean, description like detailed work into like even yeah. like the edge you can see where like the plastic was cut of course, and then it's, it's and, a different color than the meat it's than literally the meat. and then yeah and then the and then the spine is different than the fucking <laughs> rest of it like the just it's the beautiful. detail 
It's it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, even Asajj herself. I mean, it looks like he might have tweaked her eyes a bit, and made them a little whiter. Uh, but she just has this very complacent look, like yeah, another day at the office, slicing clones in half. Yeah. Uh, so, so I absolutely just. I mean, this is just a a great shot, a, a very a visual approach photography type of shot, indeed. Yeah, beautiful work. I mean, visual approach is is always putting out quality work, and it across multiple uh different types of focuses as well i mean you can see on his page he's got spawn he's got star wars he's got mortal Kombat, he's got marvel he's got dc so i mean this guy does not have like a a particular focus in terms of his content you would say but no matter what he does he does it incredibly well so yeah excellent stuff make sure to give him a follow if you're not already doing it and if you're not go ahead and punch yourself just just a good measure <laughs> There All right, go. and the final one of my little special Matt Top 5 excursion here is from at MarkyMark029. So at M-A-R-K-I-E-M-A-R-C-029. Sign me up for a spelling bee. There you go. Um, but the shot we're looking at here, Nick, it, it's kind of a, you could call it a recreation shot from episode six, season two of The Mandalorian when yep. Neo Boba makes his glorious debut. Uh, so we know we're looking at a custom figure, so that is the first very impressive thing we see of this shot. But I just, I love the the brutalness of this shot. I mean, it, it literally, we're looking at Neo Boba with his foot on a trooper's throat as the trooper's trying to push his leg away, and Boba just with his blaster, almost, I would say, like, five inches from his face is is blowing his 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 head to bits so. yeah just literally right it's, blaster almost directly to the face i just i mean i i think this is one of the better looking neo boba's black or 12 or fuck 112 scale figure i've seen i, I perfect acid wash you got the ammo belt there looks like he's using the the, the nihilist lower half so you, you see boba's skirt still yeah uh, it's just a great it's a great custom figure, but it's also posed as a Neo Boba Fett figure should be posed. Exactly. I mean, it's it's almost perfect, like you said, in terms of just I can the hear the music like I can hear Boba's <laughs> new music. You know what I mean? It's like that. Yeah. kind of. It's got a little tribal stuff infused in there now, probably for Tamura, mm -hmm. which I love. Yeah, for, yeah, for, uh, yeah. But I, I as soon as I look at the shot, I hear that music and the guitars jamming when he comes in. Right. He. It, we're, we're watching Mando and Fennec. Oh, no, they're cornered, and Din's doing his thing where he's just eating bullets, you know? Nick's favorite deal. <laughs> Dumpster Din or whatever you call him. Oh, uh, man. But, and then you hear that music kick in, and you, you see some detonators drop, and then he just comes down and, and, and raises hell. And that's yeah. exactly what I hear and see when I look at this shot from at Marky Mark 029. So yeah, he's got a great well series. Done. Yeah, he's got like a, a few great shots of, of Neo. Oh, Boba yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I, I featured everyone. This one just happened to make the the uh, top five. The, the yeah, top but yeah, five. it's 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 a great one out there. And again, uh, Marky Mark, for those of you interested, does have a, a shop as well. You can buy prints on there if you so choose. He looks like looks like he's got 22 different prints. Or um, he he also is selling custom work as well. Yeah. yeah, like he has custom head sculpts for Neo Boba. There you go. Uh, he has custom uh, Stormtrooper skulls. So like he's got the helmet and, and a crack in it and there's a skull behind it. So he, he's not only selling you like prints that he has, but he also has custom work on there as well for, for figure either collectors or, or photographers. So check it out. 
Um, so yeah, very good stuff from at Marky Mark zero two nine and. And Matt, I mean, this may be the shortest show that we've done in two, three years, oh, perhaps. Easy, easy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least at least two for sure. I mean, d- I mean, since 2020 with with the lockdown and doing the live streams, that's when we were, were doing the three, the four hours. Uh, so it's been nice to get down to an hour 23. Like I said, I'm I'm still I'm out at the shore. Uh, weather was a little poopy, so Nick was kind enough to just kind of dip in here and do kind of a guerrilla style recording of the Star yeah. Wars Time Show. We should be back live stream on YouTube, so YouTube.com. Look for Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but but by uh, the June first show, should be live again, doing it as we usually do. Might not have Nick. Uh, yeah, I maybe, think maybe I'm gonna be out for that because right. I will be with the fam in in Louisiana. So you'll get the bros back on. The eighth. That will be go. the next duo go show. And I actually think we have a an interview with an actual Star Wars concept artist set for the eighth. So hopefully, oh, yeah, uh, think, yeah. that one pans out because that that would be a fun show to come back to. I, mean, I believe it's someone that's that's worked on the movies, um, legit stuff. So hey, it's been real. Hopefully, uh, the, these two audio only casts weren't enough to turn you off. Think of it as. This is old school SWTS. Those of you yeah. that only came around when we started doing the live streams or when we switched over to StarWarsTime.net, this is how we used to do it. We just, you know, figure out a time of day, link up offline, talk our Star Wars shit, splice it up, release it to the podcast platform. So, hey, sometimes you got to do what you got to do when the bros got to take a break. Um, it's been nice. I needed it. Got a few more days here at the shore, then I'm I'm headed back to real life. So. We're going to go ahead and put this show to bed. Nice little, uh, what, an hour, hour and a half. It's probably going to end hour up being. Hour show, yeah. So not, not, not too bad. I mean, you, sometimes you people bitch when we go for uh, long. You come back to the live stream. You guys are still talking? Well, now we're going to stop talking. But don't forget, StarWarsTime.net. That's where you can find all of our content that we talk about on the show. In particular, these audio-only shows where you don't have any visuals through the live stream. Uh, so if you do get to the... Uh, the the fan segment doing the top five you may want to pull up the post on starwarstime.net but more importantly over there on that website you can subscribe to the star wars time show that's right we need you we need those subs we need the subs on youtube we need the likes on youtube the comments but we also need the ratings and reviews on your traditional podcast platform so keep it up I've seen a little bit of an uptick in, in the downloads, which is pleasurable. It makes me happy. It gives me THO, right? I am the Tinkerbell of Star Wars. I need clapping, and I need to feel special to keep going. And we will. We'll be back next week breaking down the next episode of The Bad Batch and whatever random Star, Star Wars-ness pops up. Remember, there's always time for Star Wars time. Keep going around tell it to people. I've been wearing my hat out here at the beach. And if someone asks, I say, you know, there's always time for Star Wars time. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you and Siri always. (laughs) 